Yarn Walter Jackson Jr., born September 15, 1999, is an American professional basketball player for the Memphis Grizzlies of the National Basketball Association. Morant going right at Conley. Jared, a three for the lead. It's in with 5.7. Jared Jackson Jr. triples the Grizzlies into the lead. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hoops and Cards. Today, we get the thrill of having some local card shop leaders, really, in our community. You guys, thank you for starting Shag Sports Cards here in Northeast Ohio. And maybe you've heard me mention them on the show. But today, I mean, I just love learning from other collectors, other investors, and your journeys and why you buy the things you buy or how you got into this. So I just want to like start off by saying, guys, thanks for letting us invade your let us invade their storage space, guys, hoops and cards. And uh, this is where a lot of the magic happens for them to do breaks or now to do their own physical store here in North Canton. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Gary. Yep. Yep, Thanks. absolutely. Thanks, man. Maybe if you guys want to introduce, we got we got Dave with us. We got Mike. They want to tell a little bit about maybe how you got into cards in the first place. Because, I mean, this has become a, a big business for you. So, um, I'll start. Mike, uh, formerly or nickname is is called Spags. This is Hoos. He'll introduce himself. Hoos. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm the S in Shag. Uh, it stands for Spags. It's a nickname that I was given in high school. Um, I, I really wanted to ask what Shag. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if it was an Austin Powers thing, or if there was a Spags. It was talked about. Yeah, Austin Powers okay. was talked about. Right, right. Um, Spags, Hoos, Anth, and Garsh. So there's four of us. Um, started back in what like uh november of 2020 we sort of got our old collections out and um really one thing led to another hoose was a big advocate of really just having like let's let's legitimize this let's make this a business and so we were like okay let's make it a business we formed our llc that day um and then here we are you know some two and a half years later with uh you know having a physical storefront and yeah yeah Nice, nice. So I'm Hoos, I'm the H in Spags. Uh, otherwise, people don't know me as David, but I'm David. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was it was wild. You know, 2020, the whole craze started that, you know, everything was worth 10 times what it should have been. And everybody was buying cars. People were waiting outside of Targets. So we kind of jumped into that a little bit. So we were waiting outside Targets, too. We were buying stuff there. And we just decided let's let's start doing breaks. Let's start. So started out in Anthony's basement doing <laughs> doing breaks in his basement. Did that for a while until we finally got this you know this store and this storefront. Which part of the reason was just to have somewhere to do breaks that isn't his basement. Right. right. Um, but now we're you know fully legitimate with the the storefront and it's been a fun ride. Does that mean that at some point we should do a live YouTube stream from Anthony's basement? Just like tell the origin story with like smells and all. Like you got to bring like a parka because he keeps it like fifty degrees down there. Okay. okay. <laughs> nice. Well, so now we know why Shag, where that name came from, uh, and you guys have all known each other since forever. 
pretty much forever. I mean, three of us went to high school together and, you know, we met Garsh soon after college. Okay. So I'm curious, like you mentioned the, the 2020 being a year when a lot of things happen in the sports card industry, but also for you getting together and doing breaks, like what brought you back into collecting and investing cards at this point in your lives? Because now there's like higher stakes Mm -hmm. involved, right? Higher price cards or, you know, starting a business is a big deal. I think what what got me into it um, was I had a a Michael Jordan rare insert um, 1997 FLIR Total O, and uh, I sent it off to get grading. I had no idea what grading was. Did you have any? No, when I was a kid, never. Yeah. I had no idea about grading, um, and so sent it off to SGC to get graded. It came back in SGC 10, which is, you know, a perfect, yes, sir. <laughs> a perfect uh, rating. And I sold it, you know, a couple months later for $900. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. There's a, that's a lot of money. And so that's what, that's really hooked me. And then, you know, again, I'll, I'll give credit to Hoos to where he was like, we got to somehow make it a business. And we didn't really know what we were doing, but then, um, you know, we got in contact with the distributor and and again the rest is history yeah i think part we we did kind of get lucky with timing too because mm-hmm. like they i think they stopped accepting new customers you know a couple of months after we got in there so yeah you know it was just timing luck and just you know just wanting to do something different uh for me getting back into it was to be honest just fomo <laughs> mm, yeah. you know i'm hearing from from donnelly and garsha they're getting into breaks spags is you know sending off cards to get graded and uh a couple of our other buddies were going to buy boxes now and i'm right. like well i did love this as a kid i mean if you know you can pull a really now there's big boy money stuff, in it. like there yeah. could be yeah huge opportunities i think that's something that was never like when we when i when i was a kid that there wasn't like that day like big money in cards yeah. it was like oh you know you'll keep these for 20 25 years it was never like oh you can go get this hit card and sell it for thousands of dollars yes yeah. that's, that's what's changed to today that's made and it a flip meant like wild. getting a two dollar profit on a card at the flea yeah. market or something. yeah <laughs> well you guys one of the best things about sports cards today and like always has been the friends that we make and the connections that we have in the hobby some of those are like you guys have known each other a long time I just met you, I think sometime in the last six to eight months, you know, we became familiar at card shows and, and things, uh, but you took the the plunge and went into business together. Um, I know there's, there's a lot of our listeners. Some of you guys have started a business on your own with this, or several of you guys started a podcast, or you've, you've thought about it at some point. I want to open a shop. What advice would you give? This wasn't on our script. What, <laughs> what advice would you give? Or, or maybe even what, what, uh, like what worked for you, what didn't work for you, because you're, you're in that first year, mm-hmm. right? And it sounds great. Four or five buddies getting together. Let, let's do this. Let's make some money. But it's not that easy. Even if you got in yeah. at the right time, it is not uh, just a simple formula that you, yeah. you know, you follow. I'd, I'd say the biggest thing for us from the start was just like making sure to treat the customers right, mm. um, and that's kind of you know how we've built a group of, you know, people breaking with us consistently because they know if, you know, if either we screw up or USPS screws up or anything happens to a card that we pull for them, like we'll pay them out for that card or we'll buy them a new one on eBay. We've, we've, we've done those things for customers, even when, you know, we were just starting up and didn't really, you know, have any money as a company. It was like, well, if we, 
either we screwed up or they should have got this card and you just make sure you do that and yeah. just always you know make sure to you know go above and beyond for the for the customer you know and just be genuine that's kind of what i was that's say. right and you can tell sometimes at a card show where there's like 50 or 60 sellers or dealers some people are in it for the money and some mm -hmm. are in it for the people i mean just being real some people will like at at one of the the shows um uh brandon that that was next mm -hmm. to you last time i i've heard him give encouraging advice to young entrepreneurs <laughs> that are trying to make a good deal mm -hmm. and he can't give them the the dream deal they want sure. but he's also helping educate like yeah. you have to think about your customer you have to think about for sure the people yeah and i think going along with that too is i mean when kids walk through our store with their you know with their parents and and at card shows it's you know, educating them to say, you know, okay, what is this worth? What are you trying to get to it? And so there is, without kids in the hobby, there is, I mean, there is, the hobby's dead. And yeah. so we have to yeah. continue to educate them and continue to, you know, say, hey, well, where did you get this card? And how much did you buy it for? And so there's a lot of skills that are being, you know, learned throughout that negotiation process that I think kids these days, like we didn't, I mean, we just went to card stores, we bought, we bought packs of cards and then that was it. Like there wasn't any like negotiation. Like I didn't take my collection and say hey you know gary what what do you want to pay for my collection so it's it's wild seeing like 12 year olds at the card show wheeling and dealing yeah and just like with hundreds or thousands of dollar cards and mm -hmm. it's like you know they're running a business at 12 mm -hmm. basically they got their big know? zion case full of psa 10s i mean they're yeah crazy entrepreneurs uh well you guys there's still a kid in all of us as we do this like mm -hmm. what cards are you into now like what what do you, what cards do you love or what cards are you chasing? So it's, it's weird because growing up, I think I only ever had mostly baseball cards. So it was probably 80% of my collection when I went and looked back was baseball cards. And now I'm like all football. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's just because I watch football. I, I know, I feel like I know football the best so I can, you know, kind of pick out the guys that I think are going to be good and, you know, make moves. Um, but I think it's just, buying who you like first off yeah. uh everybody has their you know their pc so you know i buy a bunch of baker mayfield and i get ripped on by all these guys for it. <laughs> but uh did you buy the winning square for the super bowl the squares you guys did no oh, okay no, we didn't have anyone it was a good idea but uh, okay how about you mike uh, what are you into collecting wise or chasing so I, was, I was like the opposite i mean i i played i played basketball and baseball and football um growing up but i was mainly basketball collecting um still probably am to this day just because again i think it's probably the sport that i enjoy the most um definitely pc lebron uh he's local a local talent and so um that's i'm always and i and i pc jordan growing up as well just because i think everybody did but that's um, why he had stuff worth money yeah. and i had I yes steroid era guard <laughs> my whole collection was maybe worth 25 bucks and he was sitting over here on gold mines yeah yeah, and I, and I think it's that's the, there's a there's an element to collecting, and then there's an element to selling. And so mm. you know, you you collect the cards you want to collect, but then you know, okay, if I have a you know a Baker Mayfield, you know, for me that card doesn't mean a whole lot, but for for who's mm -hmm. it, it's it's a different there's a different element to value. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I think trades are maybe like the most fun part for sure. Know? Like you go to the shows and it's just like, oh, I want this card, but do you want this card? <laughs> it's like right. this is an easy swap, and it—I mean—it's usually pretty close to even. But you know, even if it's not, as long as both guys walk away happy, you know, that's right. It's always fun. 
trading is definitely a big element in the sport or in the hobby that I think gets lost. But I actually, I mean, Robbie comes in here all the time. And I mean, that's, we, we very rarely ever exchange cash. It's just like, Hey, you have these cards. Like, Hey, we have these cards. And, and it's it literally just, and we're talking multiple cards. Mike, I'm so glad you're saying that because I brought a bunch of cards today <laughs> to trade, <laughs> to trade, but uh, I don't know if I have any. <laughs> right. Yeah, get the max while they're hot. Oh, man. Well, um, I you guys are into a variety of sports here at the show, at the shop. You have basketball, football, baseball. I, I saw a lot of soccer that, that somebody's hockey, into here. Hockey, hockey what else? Pokemon. Star Trek. F- F1. Let's see, what else do we have? I think that's about it. Okay. And do you do you buy into the hey, when when a sport or a another event is in season, that's when the cards, those cards are in most demand, or are you seeing it just being more market driven? I think with with football, that was definitely the case. I mean, it, we'll see with basketball. Yeah. It, it kind of was with like the playoffs. Because you know, yeah. regular season's a grind for all these sports. So, like, especially basketball and baseball, you know, 162 games, 82 games, like, you're not buying every day, every week for that sport. Right? Yeah. And, you know, it starts to really get ramped up and, you know, the adrenaline rushes for people in the playoffs. So, football was like that. And I and I think, too, I mean, football definitely, you know, you had Mahomes and Hurts that were, you know, were going, LeBron when he broke the record. And so, you, you got to sort of capitalize on that. But I think to Hoos's point is, Come April time, like we'll see an influx in baseball cards because people are hyped up about its opening day. And so there'll be a small window there. But again, it's a it's a you know long grind of season. So throughout yeah. the baseball season, probably not. But I think I think March, April, even maybe you know, May a little bit, you'll see an influx of baseball cards being, you know. I, I think football and basketball have almost become like year-round Steady. sports at yep. this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it when the season ends, it's like, okay, well, now it's what coaches are gonna get hired and Oh, what free agents are they going to get? And who is Kyrie demanding a trade to now? Yeah, yeah and, and, and trades and all that stuff swings injury the recoveries or yeah. not. Yeah. All right. So my question is, and I'm asking for a friend. Like we are a basketball mainly community. We have a Discord where people get on and interact and share trade ideas or players they like. Uh, some of the guys are into or girls are into buying other sport cards, you know, but mainly basketball. And and yet there's there's a um, how can I say this? There's a lot of us who we we spent a good chunk of money the last three or four months leading up to this NBA season buying basketball because it was kind of out of season. Mm-hmm. And and now with the playoff charge, like you said, there's a chance that teams that are heading towards the playoffs, like the Jason Tatum's, the Giannis, the Luca, the, those a lot of those cards probably going to go up again, especially yeah. if they have another big night, 50, 60 points, or you see little jumps like Cam Thomas or Mac McClung. Um I'm looking at what other sports, specifically like baseball, football, soccer, what other goats or cards do you think people that are looking to make some money on those off seasons would be a good buy or a good trade into? I'll, I'll give you, for instance, like I, I'm not super into baseball, but I realize Otani is a generational talent. Yes, absolutely. And I did a little bit of research on market movers, and I said, right now the price is on just an Otani PSA 10 tops, just the tops paper rookie is about half the price that it was three months ago. Wow. Wow. For no reason at all. It's just that it's not wow. baseball season. So I'm like, if I can buy one or two of those and flip them in three months and maybe 
I, I think I could double my money based on yeah. those little graphs that you see on market move. Mm-hmm. But like what other players, baseball or football, do you see that that people that are into basketball might be like uh, an off-season investment opportunity? So off-season? Yeah. Um, even though he won the Super Bowl, the further you get it, like you saw what happens with Joe Burrow's cards. Right. The week up to the Super Bowl and the week before the Chiefs game, they were flying up, flying up, flying up, flying up. And yeah, he lost the Super Bowl, but still, his cards fell off a cliff as soon as the season was over. Even winning the Super Bowl, I still feel like that happens. So I think Mahomes' cards might go down a little bit uh, once the you know the rush of winning the Super Bowl is over. Um, like in Mahomes, April issue, the next is the next Brady, in my opinion. Like he's going to win four or five Super Bowls. I mean, he's not going to win what seven, right? Like right. But if there is anybody close, Mahomes is looking good. <laughs> and and still Burrow. I feel like those are the two guys. Like I don't necessarily buy into Herbert and Josh Allen hasn't gotten over the hump of beating those guys yet. So I think you stick with Mahomes and, and Burrow, but not Mayfield. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I said we could rip hey, on each other, so I'm, I'm, I'm fair I've game. Made, I've made some good money <laughs> buying and selling bakers, and then obviously I have a bunch that I hold on to. Right? But, hey, you know what? I I hope he stays in LA with the Rams. Yeah, because he's got he had a good thing going, and I don't want him to go to another crappy. Dude, franchise. I have a Baker jersey at home, and I love him. I wish the Browns had treated him better. I feel like we we did him wrong. Who, Honestly, who's your so. dude? So I can so I can rip on him. <laughs> my my football dude. Oh my, uh, Maxi is one of my basketball oh, my dudes. Yeah. I was curious about Trevor Lawrence. Like he, he kind of proved that he belongs yeah. and contend or so, can contend. So if you notice a theme, what he said, what you said, what do they all have in common? Quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah. So quarterbacks drive a football hobby. Yeah. That's you could true. be the best and, and he is best wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. He's not going to come close to any quarterback value. So it's, you have to realize that, that if you're looking to do a quick, like a flip, focus on the quarterbacks like you know he was big on it and I, th- I thought he was going to say it but like Jordan Love now with the 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 rumors of right. Aaron Rodgers leaving and retiring so Kyle Trask you know those next up and coming to where you can almost predict that like that quarterback there's going to be a small hype Sam Ellinger had it with the Colts earlier there's going to be yeah. a small window to where that quarterback if he's winning Brock Purdy his thank his you stuff, I was trying to remember his, his name for the last two minutes. Through, and, yeah. and it saved us as a, as a hobby because mm. people were chasing him in that product and mm-hmm. in the certain product. And so he was a quarterback and he was doing well and he wins. So when you're equating to trying to find value in, in football specifically, focus on the quarterbacks. Baseball, you're looking at those prospects. I mean, you're you're trying to find it's sort of like a long shot, but Julio Rodriguez, he was he was a nobody in 2019. Now all of a sudden his stuff is through the roof. Yeah, and so yeah. It's, it's harder to predict basketball. There's you know certain players. I mean, it's tough because it's injury prone, but quarterbacks for sure is runs the hobby. Yeah, I I think you mentioned like the the backup quarterbacks or like the guys that haven't come on yet. Donley was really on this like 2020. He bought up a bunch of Mitch Trubisky's, and I was making fun of him. I was like, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's trash. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? And he was like, I don't need him to be good. Yeah, I just need him to start. That's right. And then the Steelers. Signed him to start, and his cards flew up before yeah. he ever started a game. And Dolly sold them all out. Who's the guy that started a bunch for the Cowboys when Dak was out? Cooper Rush. Yeah. He's a good quarterback. So I've been sitting on some Gardner Minshew for a while. Okay. He came in and didn't look as good as I thought he would. Um, but he'll. I still think he'll eventually get another chance to start. 
And that's all it is. Leading up to the week that they're going to start, their cards go up. Yeah. No matter what. And if they play well, they go up even more. I think I think reverting back to again sticking on the basketball the trend is you know we saw it with Mac McClung we saw yeah. it with Tatum we saw it with Damian Lillard so like there's just an all star and so they won you know dunk contest three point contest so you know capitalize on that you know yeah. you saw yeah. you I mean you saw people Mac people are going crazy for Mac McClung he's played two games in the NBA ever right. It's just it's just crazy to think of. And I think it no matter what level the person is, like it, it could be, you know, a guy, oh, you think this guy, you know, maybe he could be a microwave scorer off the bench. But if he's not being valued at all, buy him up. Yeah. Because yeah. they could have a Cam Thomas Cam moment yeah. where everybody's hurt and they or go for 40 plus a yeah. game for three games. If yeah. you think they have that ability and they're underrated, jump in on it. Yeah. That we love talking about that at Hoops and Cards in our in our community of Cam guys Thomas. that are. Cam Thomas. That's how that's how we found Maxi. I mean, he was a backup to to uh, James Harden, and even even before that, not not starting. And then he got some opportunities last year. Yeah. But the, yeah, Cam Thomas is another one. The, the league is full of guys who can score. It's just a matter of who's going to get that opportunity. Yeah. And you know? scoring. I mean, it's like quarterbacks yeah. with, with yeah. football. Scoring leads everything in basketball. Yeah. Um. I, in the off season, I was buying up Keldon Johnson because I right. was like, right. okay, they just traded John Dejounte Murray. Somebody has to score the basketball, so he's going to average twenty five a game this year. Yeah. So I mean, it's just trying to find those guys that are going to get the opportunities and that can score if given the opportunity. Right. Right. And I think it's, it's unique too, because it is the scoring. It's the flashy. Everybody, all these kids like John Moran because he's flashy, you know, he's for sure. That, he's got that aroma. That's that stigma to it. But, you know, you look at Nikola Jokic, I mean, back-to-back MVPs, his, his stuff is, is not worth much in the hobby. Because like, people think he's boring, yeah, even though he's awesome. He's, he's average just, triple double, but his stuff. Is I think not, he's awesome. I just, yeah. That it's flash too. Well, uh, you guys, we're going to talk in a in another episode about breaks and that whole craze in the hobby and how you got into that. Uh, but I would love to because you're aware of what new products are coming out, mm-hmm. uh, especially basketball stuff. What what's maybe your favorite basketball product to rip lately? Something that you just mm-hmm. or that you've seen people just gravitate towards. So people always, you know, crack on the college products. Yeah. But we're doing it today, and we did it on Saturday. We pulled that manga out of uh, Prism Draft Picks. There's four autographs in it. It's a fun rip yeah. for 175 bucks. That's that's lower end. Um, getting up towards, you know, higher end in basketball. Um, I think you're you're probably looking at like Prism and Optic and stuff like that. I think optics a good product in basketball. Prism's, you know, the most popular, yeah, most popular, probably up there in expense. But uh, I think optics, you know, holds good value and it's a fun rip. And Don Russ comes out in a couple weeks, unless they delay it again. Isn't it like March eighth now? Or yeah, it should be coming out soon. I love their hobby box because of all those inserts, net marvels. Yeah. I mean, they they're. I think they're doing the thing again where Don Russ Elite's coming out before Don Russ. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's it's the difference of paper versus chrome. So yeah. the paper products like hoops, Don Russ, um, you know, there's just they don't they don't fetch for as much value. Um, so recommendation is just hey, if you want to rip open a box, rip it at release day, and then sell because it, yeah. you're, you're you're slowly going to see the value come down. What is it about ripping a box that just feels, <laughs> and and the smell? They must put something <laughs> in the packs that's like addicting. <laughs> they got put crack in the packs or something. Right. It's I mean, you, yeah. 
Anything could be in there. I know. I mean, I I, I haven't pulled fire. Like, I, I don't have a manga story. I got a Zion rookie optic from two years ago in a blaster box and a, and a Justin Herbert pink camo that, that like graded 10 as PSA. That was like one of my, but very rarely have I made back half of what I spent on a but unopened you, box. You would say you mainly rip retail though. Right? True. So yes. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, that's the You difference. hear that people? Hobby is different. Yeah. Hobby is different. Why? Because of autographs? The numbered cards. I mean, that's, I mean, I was talking to a guy about it today. He came in with a bunch of retail and wanted to sell to us. And he was just like kind of wondering why stuff wasn't worth what he thought it was worth. And it's like, there's a million of this card right here. Yeah. You know, this base card. Um, that's where numbered, you know exactly how many of those that card there is. Um, and people pay for that. Not knowing how many of a card there is when it's non-numbered, unless, you know, it's short print and they can go online and say, oh, this is like kind of out of 20, like the downtowns and stuff. Um, you know, people want to see numbered cards. People want to see autographs. People want to see really cool patches. Yeah. Um, there's less of that in basketball, though, isn't there? Yeah. Well, you think buyers have gotten more selective in the last year because of the market going down and we've, we've kind of felt it, mm -hmm. all of us in different ways. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I'm going to buy a card, it better it better stand out in some way. Like it better look gem um, to me and to a couple other people before I pay for it up front. It better have something other than, hey, it's just this this guy's rookie. It's a Tatum rookie. Well, OK. Is it what else can you put in that eBay listing that someone might be drawn to a Jason Tatum auto a Jason Tatum, you know, red cracked ice, something else about it. Besides just Tatum, sure. and Tatum's great. I'm not saying you know, the card that stands out. It's a it's a different era of collecting where that that you know base stuff. I don't know how much it'll ever be worth. Um, but go ahead. It's just it was just weird because when we grew up in in the '90s, the base cards weren't the things that you collected. It was the inserts, and Donnelly will always like Donnelly says this too. But like the inserts were like okay, there's you know, a subset of 10, 10 cards in this, in this insert set, like you're talking about net marvels and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, the nineties insert cards, they're not worth, they're not worth anything. And it's like the Kobe Bryant tops when there was a million produced that Kobe Bryant tops rookie card was like the valued card. Now it's just, it's weird how, how things have changed because you would think that the, the short prints, the numbered cards, those are going to drive because they're, there's a finite number of them. Right. But right. I think that the base cards back in the 90s, it's different looked at now. Like the base cards now, like a Zion base rookie card, prism rookie card probably goes for three dollars, five dollars. Yeah. So it's just it's just a different, it's just a different area of collecting, like like you said. Yeah, I, that's true. I remember collecting the inserts that was oh, like yeah. the shutting down MJ card or defending MJ after yeah. what, what it was called. And it was all these different defenders trying to guard MJ. Mm -hmm. Assignment Jordan, that's what okay. it's called. Yeah. And I, yeah, I remember trying to collect different sets of the inserts, like like you, and didn't think anything of the right. base cards. The right. Jordan Fanimation cards, okay, like yeah. the cartoon things. Cool. Those are cool. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining us on uh, Hoops and Cards. Any last words of advice to basketball card collectors and investors? You guys, you guys meet us at at shows. You people walk in off the street, best like basketball fans that want to. We, a we want to enjoy the hobby b we don't want to lose money if we can help it like what maybe it's a, a player or maybe it's just a word of advice to uh to leave with our audience today 
I don't know. He always looks like he's thinking something something deep. He's been, he's been chewing on this for a while. It's good. It seems Maybe it's the beard. But nothing is coming. You know, we're trying to, but nothing's there. Uh, I don't know if I have a player right now in basketball on like the top of my tongue that I that I, or the tip of my tongue that I think you know is going to bust out. Yeah. Um, I'd say just you know collect what you like. You know, collect the player you like, the players that you like. And again, like I said earlier, like you know, even if the guy is like a lower level bench guy, if you think he's undervalued, wait for that moment. You know, buy him up. Like if you think he's undervalued, and every almost all these guys are going to have some sort of moment in time where you know their cards are going to jump up. And yeah. Well, and I get that question a lot about a player that somebody likes. They'll send me a, "Hey Gary, what do you think of Io Desunmu?" Mm-hmm. or "What do you think of Anthony Edwards?" And and sometimes it just boils down to what you said. Do you like the player? Like, will yeah. you enjoy having that card? If so, then great. I can't promise you're going to make money on that card. There are there are strategies to think that through. But if if you do want to make money, then it would it would help if whatever cards you've bought, you make them available to sell. Yeah. If that guy pops, sure. like if that guy Dasunmu comes off the bench and scores thirty five tomorrow night, somebody's gonna buy his cards. So I do have a player. Okay, just, just thought of it. Io made me think of it, so you can mull over your thoughts a little more. Mike's uh, getting ready over there. So it's probably what four years removed from him being a rookie now, and he's still stuck on the bench. But Obi Toppin. Okay. He yeah. plays, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes a game and he can score. He'll score his six to eight a game. And the only reason he's stuck on the bench is because he can only play the four and Julius Randle can only play the four. Right. That's They're right. Stuck on the same team. I think it's, I'm surprised they still gets, have him. I thought yeah, they traded by They should have traded him. As yeah. soon as he gets out from under Julius Randle, he's going to have a moment. If we find out that they really did offer Toppin and quickly, and maybe a few picks for Donovan Mitchell, and somehow mm-hmm. that didn't work out, or the Knicks weren't willing to throw him in. Yeah, I'm just glad Cleveland got. Him. Yeah, I <laughs> but you're right. Obi Toppin's a good player. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go. I'll I'll go off the the Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you know, we're in New- Northeast Ohio, and so everybody is is Cavs bias, and so yes. we understand that as as a shop to say, okay, well, who are people going to come in? Who are the kids watching? They're watching Donovan Mitchell. They're watching Darius Garland. So so we have. We can sort of find we we bought multiple Darius Garland lots because we know that that it sells. So, so yeah. I would say if you're you know in Charlotte, then you buy the Bobcats. So like you you want to buy people that okay, it's a there has a local fit, footprint in the market. My guy and and I'll say this, he was you know he's still big and and back in 2018, but it's it's Luca and so yeah. Luca his stuff is obviously sky you know high right now, but with the addition of Kyrie. They're immediately probably a championship contender team. Yeah. And and so that's his, and you'll see, you know, with having having Kyrie, the addition of Kyrie, is he's no longer gonna have to be like the go-to guy. He has another guy to where he come crunch time, he's he's gonna be able to say, Hey, Kyrie, I'm not I'm not the man anymore. I mean, he still is, right, but right. he has somebody else to sort of offlet. So I think I think you'll see an influx if Luca wins a, a title. His stuff's gonna really skyrocket. Have a Joe Burrow effect. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. And and as you're talking, even guys, even if he doesn't, like even if Luca doesn't win the title this year, uh, the fact that people are talking about him like that, and the next three months of build up and the performances that he and Kyrie are gonna have together when they decide who can take the last shot, right? Yeah. There's going to be a bump in his market. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense um, because they have that potential. And he's how old? Like 
24, 25, yeah, in 2018. So Jeez. And he came in at like 19, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Well, guys, how can we find Shag on the internet, like on Instagram? How can we connect with you guys if our listeners want to find out more about your breaks or about your shop too? Sure. We got a website, shagsportscards.com. You can go on there. You can see, uh, you know, where we're at, where our shop's at, some pictures of our shop. You can Check out our breaks. We always have stuff up. We break on Wednesdays and Saturdays on YouTube. We're on at eight o'clock. Um, Instagram is shag sports cards. Twitter is shag sports cards. Uh, Facebook, we're on shag sports cards. We have a Discord channel, um, free Discord that we've got probably like 100, 150 members. So we just, you know, shoot, shoot the crap and do nice. talk cards and stuff. So, yeah. And if you're in Northeast Ohio, get down to North Canton, right? Find you guys here. Yeah, 1300 South Main Street, North Canton, Ohio. Get here before six, right? Don't call five minutes before six and say you're coming. Well, <laughs> well if you're that happen, that's right. Yeah, I, I get my own free shopping for here to, to trade in a minute. But guys, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Two to tie, three to take the lead. Shea checks, steps back, three point shot on the way. It is good with 1.1 seconds left. All right. Take care now. Bye bye then.